put a hat on. Unbelievable. Dude, that looks so cool. The distressed metal and stuff like that. Oh, you have, have you heard the story of this? No, I haven't, but I'm going to ask you during the podcast. How's that sound? All right. Okay. Fucking A, bro. Hey, first of all, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for doing this for real. Um, Okay. And um, we'll probably run, um, you know, 30 minutes or, you know, wherever you're just finally done with me and say, get the fuck off. Uh, I'm done. No subjects are off limits. Language is no barriers. And, uh, and I've got a couple of prepared questions, but really it's all just kind of like, you know, let's fire well, away. Let's, let's, oh. let's cut away quickly for, for a quick question. How's yeah. CR8 going? How's Create? Is it building up well on the uh, traction or is it still slow? It's still slow, uh, but we're about to like uh, tomorrow, the funnel will launch. And then you'll receive a letter and all the speakers will receive a letter of, hey, could you send out a letter to your list? And then can we um, I create an ad that then you put on your uh, Facebook page? And so in the next week, we're going to start, our plan is to leverage the speaker's reputation to sell yeah. tickets. If I can, is the advert, and this is going to sound arrogant, but then it'll make sense. Does the advert feature me or does it feature CR8? It would feature you. Good. I've noticed and I've advised a lot of events that we speak at that have a lot of various speakers is create an advert where the speaker is larger than the others as like a featured speaker. And then every, every speaker gets the same, but each time it features them, because then now a lot that ego goes into play because it makes them look like they're the big boy and they put it out there. I always uh, tell people to use digital flyers where they can because you can do a wider reach. And I, you know I'll promote it. I answer anything that you ever put up there. Totally appreciate it. Really, really, really do. Uh, I, will, um, I will take that advice to heart and we will be... Um, well, yeah, we will hopefully then just start selling like hotcakes. We've definitely sold tickets. There's definitely going to be an event. <laughs> we will survive. We got Infusionsoft as a uh, sponsor last week. Um, we've got, uh, you know. You've got time. You've got time. We'll be bitching it out. I'll be bitching it out there, pushing it like crazy. Um, so, you know, I'll be, I'll be happy to do that. Thanks. Good. All right, good. So we'll just do the podcast now and then uh, catch up more later and, Sure. Uh, we're, we're not live. We're just recording. Uh, so if there's something really horrible that after you're like, oh, I can't believe I said that about Joe Polish. Um, <laughs> you know, I can always edit it. We'd leave it in. <laughs> not that there would be anybody else he'd say anything <clears throat> about. Okay, good. So let me just make sure I'm all arranged here. Good. All right. So I'm going to do just a real quick uh, intro by... Uh, you know, reading your little bio and introducing the show and we'll rock and roll. Let me make sure we are recording. I hit record. We are is it live as well? Is it a, a video as well or just a audio? No, no, it's just audio. The, the video is just so you and I can interact. Cool, uh, cool, cool. You know, All I right. might take a, a screenshot or something like that just so that, you know, I get you smiling. Ta-da! <laughs> okay, good. All right, so here we go. 
Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Create Your Future podcast. I am like shaking with excitement because today I've got the one, the only, you know, the guy who maybe, do you know anyone who's worked with Sir Elton John like directly or Elon Musk? I mean, talk about a wide frame of influence. This guy has sent people down to the wreck of the Titanic and has, uh, put people uh, to get married in museums in Florence with Andre Bocelli singing. And he's been quoted as the real life Wizard of Oz. He's the author of the book, the best-selling book, Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. And I got to tell you, this guy is specialist in the art of making the impossible happen. I always tell my friends, if you wanted to do the stunt that Tom Cruise did on the top of the building in Dubai, just call Steve. You'll be there tomorrow, laced up and ready to roll, breaking through windows, having fun. And he'll ask you, what kind of car would you like to drive from the airport to the building before you do the stunt? And would you like me to pick you up by helicopter or would you like a limousine? Am I right, Steve Sims? Welcome to the show. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> He says arrogantly, it's all true. It's all, it's all there. <laughs> that is so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you get a busy schedule taking care of people all around the world, but thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, mate. Always love hanging out with you. Awesome. So I always start out just making sure the shameless plugs uh, at Steve Sims, at Steve Sim, at Steve D Sims is your Instagram handle. And where else is best to search out Steve D. Sims? Well, you can do a couple of things. Uh, Steve D. Sims, uh, there's only one M in Sims, stevedsims.com. You can send me a text with the word Sims, S-I-M-S, to 33777. Uh, you can find me at our private Facebook group, An Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims. And basically anywhere, you know, you probably see me written up on, you know, toilet walls and all the wrong places. So you'll be, you'll be hard not to find me. <laughs> I was going to ask about how we originally met, but you just mentioned the toilet walls. So. Yeah, it was Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, good. Before we go anywhere into deep, dark conversation, I need to ask about your last trip to prison. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm actually going again in uh, 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 five weeks' time. Um, so you've got to understand the background of it first. So may I explain that? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, okay. I, you're the only guy I know who goes to jail on a regular basis. Kind of like, well, and here's the thing. It's not just to a little one. It's actually to a level four maximum security prison. Um, level five basically is Guantanamo. So nice. no one's in these level four prisons because they got a speeding ticket um <laughs> so it's pretty it's some pretty serious people in there um but here was the scoop i got a call from a, a buddy of ours and you know him as well jason gaynard oh, and yeah. there was talks. a there was a charity event going on where entrepreneurs could go into this prison and help inmates that they call eits entrepreneurs in training kind of changed our hustle to a more, shall we say, legal version for when they get out. Um, and people are in there doing you know, multiple, multiple life sentences. So this is a, a very strange way that these people are being very um, focused on changing their life when quite simply they're not even going to get out for another 20 to 40 years. 
Mm. Uh, it's kind of strange to see that. I'll be completely blunt. I went in there because I was nosy. I mm. thought it would be cool. I'll be honest with you. I thought it would be cool to go <laughs> in, hang out with some really evil bastards that had done some real bad shit, and it would add to my street cred and, and all that kind of bullshit. Um, I was wrong. I had met normal people that got caught up in systems that were living in locations where they didn't really have an answer, had worked with their best mates that were doing stuff that they had then got, they got involved in easy money. And when you're making a million, if you make a million bucks in a week, it's very hard to turn around and go, well, I'm just going to go and get a job at Target because at least that's legal. You're right. like, please, you know? So you saw the, the, the cycle that they got into. And here's the funny thing. I've actually told this story in front of the inmates many, many times because after that one trip, it changed me. And I was in there with um, Cameron Harold, uh, Tim Ferriss, when there was a whole bunch of us that went. Yeah. Um, and we all went for diff different reasons. But I came out and I went, I've got to go back. Right. Because the thing that happened to me was you walk in terrified. You are incredibly uncomfortable because there should never be a reason that you're standing in the yard of a level four maximum prison. Right. And anything you see in the movies pales when you can smell it, feel it sense it when when in every corner there's guards with guns and on the walls there's signs saying no warning shots so this is a this is a serious place and when you come out you're challenged you grow and if you ever want the sky to be bluer and the grass to be greener and the you you ever want to come out and realize how wealthy you are for spend for a day spend somewhere where you've got nothing you know, challenge yourself. So I went there. Um, I can't say enjoyed it, but grew from it. And I thought, why don't I take a bunch of entrepreneurs in there, get them uncomfortable. <laughs> Share the love, eh? Yeah, and that was it. I wonder if they could get as much out of it as I could. Because you know, you don't get success from success. You get success from those mistakes you made. You know, mm -hmm. those times when you fell over and went, ah, I should have done that. The greatest growth comes from usually the greatest pain. Yes. Um, so I thought, let's try it. I took a bunch of people in there. They were wowed. Uh, Neil Moore, Tim Larkin, again, a whole bunch of yeah, yeah. Uh, people that me and you know. And then I did it again. And I'm going back in next month in February, I think for my ninth trip. And I'll be honest with you, I go in there and I'm, I'm seeing friends. I'm actually, it's wow. funny you go in there and you're like, dude, ain't it? And like, there's guys like with like one ear missing because it got shaved off in a in a oh. yard fight and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, there's every kind of organized crime you can think of. There's people in the room from there. It's very, it's very strange uh, environment to be in and to enjoy. But I spend nights in Beverly Hills of black tie galas, and I spend days in a level four prison. And I'm telling you, quite often the difference is just a better tailored suit. Wow. That is, that's absolutely remarkable. And, and I've heard some of your stories of being on the inside 
And uh, I've heard some of your stories of being in the black tie as well. And I can mm. definitely say that the more interesting is the former, not the latter. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. No, and truly, these guys are, I mean, to have accomplished that level of punishment, they accomplished a certain level of success, even though it was in the wrong direction. So I can see that they probably have some secrets to their their promotional activities. And their, yeah, they, they, these guys, they, they know successful about... Successful bad guys. Yeah, well, exactly. But here's the funny thing. They know about... There's more... There seems to be... You've heard the old saying, honor amongst thieves. Yeah. There seems to be a, a greater respected tier structure mm. in organized crime than there is in business today. Wow. And it's kind of weird that you go in there and you meet guys that, hey, you do me wrong, you're dead. You do me right, I'll live with you for life. And there's that kind of commitment, which, let's be blunt, outside you don't find. So, However, you would like to find it, wouldn't you? Because I've definitely had a couple of broken business deals that I felt like just pulling up my Louisville and <laughs> smacking them with a bat, wouldn't you say? Come on, Steve. There's a couple of times where you'd like to kind of like use uh, that kind of justice to your benefit, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, I really admire and respect what you're doing with that. And if you go to stevedsims.com, you can see the plethora of activities. You do everything from the Gentleman's Ride, which is a terrific charity event that you're always participating in, to all of just the adventures of uh, blue fishing and you as a speaker. And uh, I want to ask you about not just your activities, though, but I want to ask you about you, Steve. I want to talk to you about Steve D. Sims, the man, not mm. just the myth and the legend. The myth and the legend can be found in your best-selling book, Blue Fishing. It can be found online. It can be, I mean, boy, man, if you want to see some interesting Instagram stories at Steve D. Sims <laughs> on Instagram, I mean, the, I, I was going to ask you specifically about the turning on a smoker to make your whiskey better. I mean, this guy, like, I'm not gonna even get into that because I really wanna, I wanna pivot into you, Steve D. Sims, the man. So let me ask you a question. If you were a superhero, uh, really, what is your origin story? Where did, you know, where did it all change as the, you know, are you just like a, a Cockney from the UK that, uh, <laughs> you know, bounced yeah. back or? What's, what's that origin story? What led you down this path? I don't think I've ever changed. Um, I was an ignorant, uneducated East London bricklayer. And mm. funny enough, I found that has been my superpower. So many people now are scared shitless to try something. They um, put all of their hope and prayers in buying a new CRM program or click funnel advertising strategy um, before they've got one client. Um, with me, I was always kind of like, well, I wonder what this does, and I'd push a button. And <laughs> if it electrocuted me, then I knew full well not to push the button again. But if it opened up a curtain and got me into a room which I'd never been in before, then I'd push another button. So I was always that annoying little kid that always tried things uh, without thinking too much. Mm -hmm. And I find, I found now that not only do we overthink, we fail to dream. And we're also scared of being seen to fail. That's a horrible combination and cocktail. So the worst times of my life where I actually started believing my own bullshit. 
I started mm. believing how connected I was and what I'd got up to. And I started thinking I was some serious shit and everything went to tits. Everything that's, that's went That's exactly wrong. when we met, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just realized that, you know, you, 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 you start believing that bullshit or what, you know, what appears in a, you know, you, you pick up a magazine, there's a picture of you with Elon Musk on one arm and chatting away with uh, Richard Branson, you know, in some other country. And you kind of go, oh, that looks cool. And people go, wow, that's you. No, it's not. That's where I was. That's who I was talking to. That's what I was doing. It's what I do. It's not who I am. And it's very, um, it's very dangerous to actually buy into that. And I did a couple of times and failed. And so quite simply now, I am still the ignorant, slightly stupid uh, East London bricklayer that um, refuses to, to take things too seriously. Yeah. And, and, and knowing you personally, I can absolutely vouch that that's the truth. And I appreciate the transparency, uh, you know, for our, our audience, what, you know, the, the half dozen listeners who will hopefully hear this show, um, the, uh, the opportunity that changed everything. What was that? What was the point where you went, oh, wow, this is a business. This is something I enjoy doing because I know you love your work. You've, you've sat with me many a time and said, you know, except if it weren't for the personalities of some of these rich bastards who, who want some of these things done, the excitement on the other side of being able to deliver that impossible and overcome those barriers, I know is amazing. But going back to the very beginning, where was your you know, unfortunately it's overused, but your aha moment of like, wow, this is the business. I could really help people with this. Do you know, funny enough, the aha moment came from Claire, my wife, and it took eight years to appear overnight. Um, <laughs> when I was working on the door of a nightclub, <clears throat> the first thing I wanted to do was start talking to rich people because I wanted to ask them quite simply the question, why are you rich? You know, how did you make it? And I'm standing on the door waiting for the next punch up. You know, I wanted yeah. to have that conversation because I was a doorman. I knew where all the nightclubs were. It's and true. so one of the reasons that these people talked to me was because I knew how to make that nighttime better. And then I started throwing my own parties still under the idea that if I could fill up a room of a hundred real you know, millionaires and billionaires by default, I would end up becoming a millionaire billionaire. So I was doing this with the idea of trying to get something from them. And here's the daft thing. I would always come home to Claire going, oh yeah, I, I've met a couple of guys. They're really good. They, they own a jet aviation company. They own a jeweler. And I'm not talking about little mama pop groups. I'm talking yeah, about like yeah. Tiffany, Piaget, Asprey, you know, Cartier, some of the biggest companies in the planet. And I knew the CEOs, you know? Right. And I was organizing parties and launches. So I've worked from everyone from the Grammys to Ferrari to the New York Fashion Week. I had all these influence and I would come home to Claire and I'd be like, yeah, 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 they're going to see how good I am and they're going to give me a job. I really oh, thought I was building up this network to get a job from them. One day when I was pissed off because I'd gone out for dinner with this guy, come home and I said to Claire, I said, he never offered me a job. And she said to me, did you ask him? I went, no, I just thought, you know, he would offer. <laughs> and she went, well, you do realize you have one. And I was like, what? Are I? And she was like, look at this. We're in a penthouse. You know, you've got motorbikes. I've got a Range Rover. We've got a nice bank. You have a company. You're looking over there when you should be. And then I was like, 
oh, I never thought about it. You know, mm. and I hadn't, I hadn't seen the wood for the trees. And of course, I do what all entrepreneurs do when things go successful. I then spend the next six months fucking it's it up. Screwing it all up. Um, <laughs> you know, I started to take it seriously. And I was like, oh, shit, no one's going to. No one's going to pay attention to me if I'm still riding around on a bike with my earrings and stuff. Um, and so I bought a car, took my earrings out, fucked it up, and then realized, and then sold the car, got back on a motorbike and put the earrings back in. So, yeah, yeah. no, it, um, it was a strange aha moment. But, uh, yeah, the, 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 the business, the business kind of like developed me. That's awesome. And, and I can honestly say you are one of the most highest integrity individuals that I've ever met. And I don't think that's hard for others to see either. If they, you know, look you up, see what you do or whatever, you'll call out others. You'll, uh, you know, point out your own faults as well. You're not just a, like, you know, a hater. And um, I really respect and admire that. So good on you. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Question. The missed opportunity. I mean, you must have had amazing, I mean, we know you have amazing opportunities. You go to the Oscars on the red carpet, you go Victoria's Secret Show front row, you've got clients, you know, headlining, uh, you know, major acts uh, all around the world, all these different things from race cars to, you know, just the whole thing. But what's your missed opportunity, the one that got away? Oh, shit. It's got fuck all to do with business. I think it was my family. I think in the early years of having kids, I was focusing so much on I didn't know what. I would never, I had, I suffered from incredibly, an incredible disease of FOMO that there couldn't be a party that I wouldn't miss something of my family to go to. I was a party and social event whore. I would literally go to three black tie events in one night and be hopping between all three events just to make sure I was at these events. Go home tired. The wife and the kids had had a pizza that night and watched some TV and was laughing and joking. And I'd walk in, you know, a few too many whiskeys in a black tie going, oh, what did I get out of that? Nothing. But I felt as I had to be at these events. So there was a lot of missed opportunity when I was younger. Um, Again, thankfully, I kind of realized that as I got older. Uh, but I would say the missed opportunities were internal. I know for a fact that there were years, months um, where I wasn't around uh, for Claire. Um, I don't know why she stood, uh, stood with me. She steered me back to shore. And um, I'll spend the rest of my life making sure that um, she's never, never looked away from again. Um, and I suppose, you know, that, that's a good thing that we found that moment before it was too late. Wow. That is, uh, that's not the answer I expected, but it is the answer that is, that is true to you. Once again, total transparency. And, uh, you know, I've been really blessed to meet Claire, Henry, Lily, George. I mean, like you've got an incredible family and I see that you actually align factors with them. Uh, Claire even, you know, has hopped on the call of like, oh, Steve's going to, you know, be at this or that or whatever. So I know you keep it, you know, very uh, internal. And I know Henry is, you know, active in a lot of the events you do as well. Mm. So that is, that is really true and really cool. Um, have you had uh, a moment where you decided to get something done and couldn't? Um... 
no. Good. Um, <laughs> because I know you're always promoting I can get anything done. So. Well, here's, here's the trick. And it's a, it's a brilliant trick and anyone can use it out there. Never give a client what they ask for. Give them what they lust for, dream of, and desire for. Okay. Mm. You also create an incredible buffer there. So someone will say to me, Oh, I want to meet the rock band journey. You know, I will try and see how much I can do way above that request. As it turned out, I got him to sing on stage with the rock band journey. That's so way better than meeting. But them. if I had failed that <laughs> and I had just got him to meet journey, then I'd have still given him what he wanted. So technically, I wouldn't have failed. I always try and go above and beyond. So someone will say to me, I want to, meet, I want to handshake this person. I'll see if they can go and play golf with them. You know, yeah. oh, I want to go and have a fantastic dinner in, uh, in Florence, Italy. I took over a museum. Now, I could have failed. And again, just kind of like drop down. But the daft thing is, and they say it a lot, if you reach for the moon and miss, at least you grab a star. So right. I've brown. never failed on what the client respected. There's been times when I've gone, hey, Kobe, can you turn up at this kid's birthday party and play ball with him? And he's like, no, I've got a scheduling call. Okay, Shaq, can you do it? I can do it, you know? So, <laughs> and the client never realized, you know? So always try and reach for the amazing and the uh, mystical and the just, holy fuck, that's impossible. And you'll be amazed at how many times you actually get it. That's spectacular advice. Uh, and I really subscribe to the abundance of exchange, uh, you know, mentality. If you always try and deliver more then you know, like you said, you, you get what was expected and more every time. Yep. So now that's really great business advice, whether you're an accountant or a, you know, rock star. either way, always giving more is a, a really special thing. What other Baker. advice? What's Baker. that? I, had a <laughs> I, I, I run a consultancy company now called The Speakeasy. Uh -huh. And I had a, 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 it was strange when I first heard, but this guy contacted me and he owns a bakery. And he said, you know, I want to get, you know, better clients. I want to get into catering. Can you help me? So we took him on and I taught him to add fries with it. And if you ever go into McDonald's and you go, hey, I want a burger. Hold on a second. Add fries with a cake? Yep. So I said to him, I said, whenever, the mentality, okay? So oh, the mentality. Okay. So I said to him, you know, think of McDonald's. Whenever you go in there and you go, hey, I'd like a burger. They go, Sandy, would you like fries with that, sir? It's always offered. And about 80% of the time, they end up selling a pack of fries. So I said to him, I said, when the guy comes in, never give him what he wants. I said, sorry, let me rephrase that. Never give him what he asks for, okay? Mm. Ask him the rudest question in the world. Ask him why. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> That's it. And so the guy comes in, true story, the guy comes in and says, oh, I need a, I need a birthday cake and I need it red. And the, the baker turned around. I won't mention his name. He turned around and went, okay, thank you, sir. Um, why? And he was like, well, it's my dad's birthday. Okay. Why red? Well, it's his favorite color. Okay. Why? And it turns out that the guy likes red because when he was younger, he was a mad fan of the old vintage Ferraris. So oh. the birthday cake they did in red, then what he did was he actually got these old 
um, like these little toy vintage models, cars. Like matchbox cars. Exactly that. Not expensive. Not expensive. Stuck them around the bottom and put the Cavallino horse on the top of the cake. Uh. Had he not asked why, the guy would have got a red birthday cake. But wow. this time, he got a vintage Ferrari birthday cake. And wow. the guy then told people at the party, and the guy came back, and he got a catering gig out of his Ferrari cake. So the whole point is it doesn't matter what industry you're in, ask why, and never give the client what they asked for. Get the why in the reason that they're coming to you with a request in the first place. I love it. That is amazing business advice. That's almost like a mic drop. Like, I feel like we have to end the show Boom. now because that was like, okay, good. We're going to all like you know, turn off our radios or our, you know, stop our, our iPhone podcast, whatever it is, and go, re, you know, look into our business and ask ourselves, you know, why? So that we can ensure that our services are above and beyond and then really craft some sort of commentary or questionnaire for our clients asking them why, because then yep. we can deliver. Because I'll bet you the cake with all the cars around it and the course on the top was a more expensive cake than just a plain red cake as well which the client gladly paid for because he duplicated yep. the vision of what was what was there that's really amazing advice much appreciated and everyone should check out you also have a speakeasy course am i right uh well i have a course called sims distillery uh, um, distillery which is right. um, which is the 16 steps to be able to communicate with anyone in the planet uh, and get the clients that you want and deserve rather than the clients that you're getting. So it's really focusing on the art of communication, how to brand, market yourself, position yourself to be uh, irreplaceable and help people of that ilk and that paycheck and that bank balance will actually want to be doing business with you. Wow, that sounds like incredibly valuable advice. And uh, I did see that listed at stevesdsims.com. So I'm sure people can check that it's out as well. There, yeah. You know, you reminded me of something I wanted to ask you about, which is, uh, you know, my whole thing is hiring and choosing people, whether it's partnerships or friendships or this, that, or the other. Obviously, I make mistakes since we're friends. And uh, <laughs> I expected but, that to be coming then. The, uh, but the truth is, is, you know, uh, I say the people you choose change the trajectory of your business or your life. What is the situation that you would talk about with regards to choosing people in your area of expertise, with regards to whether it be clients or working with some venue, have you ever walked away because, uh-oh, you know, this person isn't going to work out? Sadly, no. I actually kept them. Um, I had probably the most ridiculous reason to fire someone. I actually fired the most successful person in my company. Oh, um, because they were, they had a uh, low level of respect for me, what they were doing and the people basically as they became more empowered with the clients that they were dealing with, they started to become more arrogant. And as they became more arrogant, they started to become more disrespectful, which created a cloud. Now I'm a great believer that, um, this is a cancer in any business mm -hmm. and it, it boiled down one night when they did something i didn't agree with it and they blatantly just came at me and i said hey one of us pays the other one not the other way around <laughs> um and then i woke up in the morning praying 
that they were going to just apologize and tell me that they'd had a couple of whiskeys and got a bit brave during the conversation or something. Never got any of that. And I went, well, I'm not continuing anymore. And I said, I'm going to let you go. And you know, they had the audacity to turn around and go, well, I'm going to have to think about that. <laughs> think about what you've just been fired because you couldn't shut your fucking mouth. Um, and no, that was it. So, uh, I actually fired one of the most successful. And here was the dumb thing. You immediately think that there's going to be a void. And there is for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you think, oh, my God, that earned me so much money. You know, I'm going to lose that money. And, oh, what are the other people? The other people in the company actually said to me, we couldn't understand why you took so long. Mm. And I was like, shit, no one ever tells you at the time. It's true. But, and then what did they do? They then picked up the clients, and you always lose a few clients, but yeah, you know, yeah. that's fine. Um, they then picked up all the clients that we had, and I even had clients contact me going, oh, thank you for putting me with them now. I really appreciate that. I, I got what I needed out of the other person, but you know, this person's nice. Yeah. And I was like, damn, you know? So it's amazing you suddenly realize that it was the best Thing every way around that could have happened but a lot of people will look at the first thing in their business as the revenue yeah. you know what money am i making from that person oh well i'll put up with that shit i didn't and i've learned from that so as soon as someone starts getting a bit arrogant i'm like whoa up i will fire you i have no problem with it correct or go <laughs> that is awesome Okay, good. So let me ask you this. Uh, you, um, I'm, I'm really blessed to have you speaking at my upcoming conference, Create Your Future, which is uh, cr8conference.com, Create Your Future. Uh, we've had some really in-depth discussions about entrepreneurship, about how people have that. I mean, you know, they call it work-life balance or what have you. And we've obviously talked a lot about that even on this uh, podcast. But let me ask you a question. What is create? And I, I don't mean, you know, my brand or conference or this, that, or the other, but just the word create as an entrepreneur. What does create mean to you? Well, first of all, I am going to give a massive shout out for create. You've got to be going to this event. Um, now, <laughs> I am a phenomenal speaker, and I'm probably one of the smallest ones there. Um, there are some there are some brilliant people. Joe Polish is going to be there, and Joe True. doesn't. I don't know the last time I've seen Joe speak at any event, okay? You know, because he's always doing his Genius Network events. So the fact that you even got Joe there, you know, fuck everyone else. Just go along for Joe. But you've got, like, <laughs> Nicole there, the top. Wow. So I can't, I can't lay it on the line thick enough that you have to be at this event, okay? Um, so Thank don't you. feel compelled you have to buy me whiskey, but anyone that comes along and says hello to me probably will have to buy me whiskey. We but actually anyway. are going to have an entire bar there that's only housed only for with me. whiskey. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, for just, just for that's me. Right. One, one chair and the bar. Yeah, that'll work. That's right. And um, then you'll go on stage. Yeah, <laughs> We've got this well, all worked out. I'll You're probably just do it from sloshed. the bar. <laughs> that's right. The whole this thing. may be the last speaking event you ever do. <laughs> and not because you were that spectacular, but because... Because no, exactly. We're yeah. transferring you to prison for real. <laughs> yeah, with all my buddies. Yeah, hello, mate. With all your buddies. You were like, yeah, hey, mate. I finally um, uh, overdid myself. So, anyway, create, so what create, create is, mean uh, to you? I think create is a great way uh, to dream. Mm. Um, 
I think we're, we're moving sadly into a transactional society. Um, everything is done for comfort, convenience, and to get it done. You, know, you, you never phone up Amazon and go, hey, I need some toilet roll. Which one shall I get? You push a button and it bloody comes. Create, you have to be creative. To be creative, you have to think of the impossible because it's only possible because you did it. Um, mm. So I'm a great believer that as an entrepreneur, our DNA dictates that we have to create an alternative, uh, a solution, um, and you have to solve and not sell. So I'm a great believer that create is the DNA of all good, uh, all good um, entrepreneurs. That's a spectacular answer. And I mean, I it think was, wasn't had, it? Yeah, yeah, not bad. That's a pass. Well done. We, uh, we've had at least four mic drop, you know, moments where we're both like, okay, good. End of show. That was perfect. And I know we could go on and on and on, but I think that people's listening capacity just gets, you know, their mind blown. Uh, I, I think they should read your book, don't you? Because oh, it's, it's the greatest, greatest book since anything by Harry Potter. Yeah, it's oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest book since Harry Potter. And, and, and it also originates from the UK, right? All right, yeah. so Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, available at all respectable and not respectable booksellers, Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Do you have an audio book for that too? Actually, yes. And the funny thing is, it, it's done incredibly well. I think it's still number one in Australia and Japan. Um, I actually, stupidly... I had to um, audition for my own audio book. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it was a third-party company that actually bought the rights to turn it into an audio. And they said, well, we've got the rights to the book. We've got some people that are going to do it. We'll allow you to audition. And I'm like, audition for my own book. But I did. And shock, our surprise, I got the job. So, um, yeah, the audio version is actually done by me with subtitles. That's spectacular. Now, <laughs> with subtitles, definitions of word. What is a cockney? <laughs> okay, so let me ask you a question. Now, in the audio version, did you riff at all? Did you add anything or was it just... No, it, because it was a third party um, uh, They made you stick deal. to the script. Yeah, so that actually got very tedious. Uh, the, the book, as we've already said, is brilliant. But as I was going through the book, I'd kind of go off on a tangent and I'd get this little red light come up in my little cubicle. Aww. And the lady on the air, she'd be like, um, Steve, can you go back? Because the book <laughs> actually set, and so I had to read it. So she was very good, but no, it didn't allow me any freeway. But I did have fun with it. That's really cool. Well, maybe you can have a sequel, which is like, uh, you know, the added benefits stories, you know, <laughs> kind of like the behind the scenes video ads. Why not? Why not? Well, awesome. So you're going to be at the Create Conference. That's yes. uh, March 27th and 28th of uh, March in 2020. Yep. <laughs> How many tickets left? There, there are a few tickets left. Uh, I think the event's like 66% sold out or something of that right. sort. Okay. So uh, but we still nice. got two and a half months till the event uh, actually is live cool, cool. in Phoenix, Arizona. And you will be there. I will be there. A lot of really other cool speakers, like you mentioned, Joe Polish, Nicole Arbor, Brad Lee, uh, Clayton Mask, the CEO of Infusionsoft, is going to grace us on $100 million plus company. I mean, we're going to have uh, some incredible people talk about how to become an author, a speaker, a coach, an online marketer. And I think we're going to actually have some fun too, because we're going to put people to work. We're not going to just motivate them. 
We're going to get them into actionable and accountable activities so that when they leave, they've actually started their business or started work on something to improve their business. And that's what's going to be different about this conference. And I know is one of the reasons you agreed to come speak. So I really appreciate that. Uh, people can sign up um, with even, you know, we created a discount code for you, Sims, so that really? your, yeah, so that your followers can uh, sign up with 20% off of any ticket level. Whoop, and that's uh, all they have to do is put in uh, Sims, which is S-I-M-S, just one M, S-I-M-S 20, Sims 20. And that will uh, afford them a 20% discount off their tickets at uh, createconference.com, cr8conference.com. Okay, enough with the shameless plugs. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. I can't wait to write the bullet points of what we covered because they include, <laughs> <laughs> they include you know, um, a transitional society, uh, your visits to prison, how many bricks can a bricklayer lay, and, um, and why you would smoke whiskey. All right. So this is going to be the best uh, podcast one sheet ever. Thank you for being here, Steve. Is there anything else you'd uh, like to relay before we sign off? Nope. See you all in Arizona. Really appreciate it, Steve. Thanks so much. This has been the Create Your Future podcast, where we find out the origin stories of entrepreneurs and the future planning so that they can create your future right alongside you. Thanks for joining us on the Create Your Future podcast. Boom. Okay, good. Boom, and boom, we're boom. out.